Southeast Radio's morning mix. First of all, the reason we're doing this uh, podcast is because we've had no election from 2020, uh, February, March to now. And we're going to have the local and European and Uderos elections in the first weekend of June. Mm-hmm. And I believe we'll have a general election as well. Uh, the mistake in 2020, having an election in January, February was a disaster. Cold weather, uh, Christmas spills, uh, January blues, the incumbent government gets in the next. So actually, I think this is the biggest talking point in the corridors of power. Yeah. I think Leo is of the view that the elephant in the room is the Sinn Féin juggernaut on 30% of the polls. They did very badly in 2019. They actually lost 80 seats. They got 78 councillors. So they have a good chance of getting 240 councillors in the local election. Wow. Would it be better for Fine Gael and the government to hold the general election on the same day to stop them having shiny new poll-topping candidates? Because as of now, the expectation is there'll be a budget in October and an election in November. Mm-hmm. So I would say as regards some of those people, uh, obviously the redraw of the constituency is a bit of a dog's dinner for the four-seater in Wexford and the Wicklow-Wexford three-seater. has yeah. uh, really put uh, an escorty people like Paul Kyo, uh, James Brown and, and, and Maiden and so on yeah. in a desperate situation because their base has been hard. Like, I was eight general elections successful in Wexford and it was really great being pivotal in Enniscorthy because I could reach into Kyle Kyle Neeran, Kyle Rainey for votes. I could go to Rams Grange for votes because Enniscorthy was in the centre. Now we have a situation that the redraw of the constituency really suits someone like Verona Murphy, whose base is in the south of the county and so on. And of course, then in Wexford, you have... uh, Brendan Howland stepping down, which creates a, a situation. And this is the biggest problem for Fine Gael. They have about a dozen retirements uh, yeah. from their base of, of 35 TDs. Yeah. Really, you know, Richard Bruton, Charlie Flanagan, you know, from Mayo, from uh, uh, Kerry to Donegal, you know, the, the risks uh, of losing a seat. And the same for the Labour Party. Uh, George Lawrence is a very likable fellow, but he's not Brendan Howland, and that is a difficulty. So we propose to to give insights, uh, you know, into every week of what's happening. And but, the, the, but let's be clear about it: the people who are likely, you know, uh, uh, the next door will be bigger. It's 174 seats instead of 160. I'm predicting that uh, Sinn Fein will get somewhere between 58 and 72 seats, depending on on which poll you look at. But what's driving this are voters in their 30s and and under 40 who, uh, you know, home ownership, ESRI have done a lot of work on this, Alan, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, of that age group, 33 to 45, was 90%, had their first foot on a mortgage ladder or whatever. That's gone down to 60%. And, and those people are angry. They're not going to vote the way their parents' parties did. And this is seismic change. Right. And so, therefore, I believe that Sinn Féin will be the largest party. I believe the most likely scenario is that Mary Lou will be the next T-shirt. Uh, and just to, to try and digest all you've given me there, and we haven't even got your view on the uh, European battle between the Wexford candidates or potential candidates, but I'm going to take a short commercial break and I'll come back to you on that in, uh, in just a second. Are you suggesting that the general election will be on the same day as the local and European elections, uh, Ivan? I, I, I think that the, the, the argument goes like this. Leo is saying, look, if, if Sinn Féin get 240 councillors, uh, the, the narrative after June will be 
Uh, it's a lame duck administration. It's dead man walking, clinging on to power. Go in the name of God, go. And that will build up <clears throat> into the autumn to stop that at source. And to, you see, Sinn Féin should have got, they got 24.5% of the vote in 2020. They left 12 seats behind them. Their number twos elected other people because they didn't run enough candidates. They won't right. make that mistake again. So I think if you want to gazump them, Fianna Fáil's position and the Greens is very simple. You agreed, Fine Gael, to five budgets. You agreed to five years. You can't go break that. And do you want transfers? Do you want to ever do this again? Yeah. So I, I actually think that we'll probably end up with an autumn election. But I'm just saying I, I think that is maximum advantage to Sinn Féin. The fight for Europe. I'll get back to local and general elections in just a second. But if we have three people from Wexford going forward, the likes of Paul Kyo, uh, Malcolm Byrne and Mick Wallace, what do you think? Or what, what, what would your view on this be? Uh, well, first of all, I think there's an element of kite flying in that. <coughs> it's always good to be speculated about who the next leader is, who the next candidate, because it keeps you, your currency in the news. Uh, with the redraw of the constituencies, I can't see any scenario other than Malcolm Byrne, uh, you know, really focusing on winning a seat in that Wicklow-Wexford uh, election. I think Paul is, is in, a, in a conundrum uh, insofar as it goes. But, I mean, in the South constituency, I think Fine Gael only has one seat. I think the incumbent, uh, the president, the former president of the GA, Sean, uh, the name will come to me. Sean Kelly. Uh, you know, yeah. Sean Kelly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. so Deirdre Clune is not standing. I think Fine Gael will get one seat. I think Fianna Fáil, I think uh, uh, Kelleher, Billy Kelleher will get elected. Uh, and the biggest factor for European elections is uh, name recognition. And right. I think Mick Wallace has that. He has a sporting chance. But don't rule out this. There is the emergence, and we saw it in the poll. What are your top voting issues? It's always health, housing, cost of living. Mm-hmm. What emerged on Sunday's poll? 25% immigration. And there is no doubt, and you will know this yeah. uh, from Rosslare and elsewhere, that and you know, we've had desperate cases of ar- arson in that. But my, my read of this and my instinct and intuition over years of decades of politics is that the body politic and the media in Dublin are completely out of step with public opinion. I think simply demonizing people as far right and racist who feel that there are really pragmatic consequences of excess uh, unfair distribution of migrants and then you know you've got to ask the question if we're putting people in tents are we actually doing them a favor now the government have actually you know spoken about you know we'll do our duty and humanitarian all the rest of it but you know they're passing legislation to cut the amount a ukrainian can receive to from 232 a week to 39 euro a week and they've said after 90 days they're not entitled to state accommodation I think the truth of this is, and this this is why Sinn Féin dipped in the polls and went back up again, because Mary Lou moved her position. There will be, Alan, MEPs and councillors elected on the issue of open borders. And this is not just Ireland. You look at the results in Netherlands, you look at the results in Italy, uh, during elections in 2023. Mm. Macron has said France cannot solve the problems of the world. Germany have closed some of their borders. This is a very, very volatile and moving issue. Right. And I know people in Wexford who would have offered to put Ukrainians in February 12 months ago, in their two years ago, in their home, yes. now saying we cannot cope with this anymore. And I think there has to be a point where there's a sensible conversation 
about vetting, a sensible conversation about what are the limits. We've taken in 140,000. Now, don't get me wrong. You take the hospitality and tech sectors. They cannot work without getting 31,000 work permits of people who have skills to come in here. So I'm not anti-migration. I'm just saying there are limits to what we can deal with in terms of refugees and asylum. So that's going to be another. So we talk about the three big issues. You're, you're adding this to be the fourth, obviously, on the basis of what you just told me there. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it's the hidden issue. It's mm. the one that won't be spoken about in front of a microphone but it'll be reflected when you open the ballot boxes. And candidates, you know, talk of a new party uh, uh, being established. Uh, This is very, actually, unpredictable. And it's a really difficult problem, you know, in in working-class areas, in inner-city areas, and in rural Ireland, where there is a feeling that that's where the accommodation is. You take Killarney. Killarney has taken... 4,500 Ukrainians and 700 international provisions. Kalani is not a city, and that's because the tourism facilities are there. Uh, And, 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 you know, there was a a big protest, a silent protest march in December there. You know, people are going to vote in a reflection that will uh, elect candidates that will articulate their concerns. Getting back to what you said, your prediction between 58 and 72 seats for Sinn Féin in the general election, who will they coalesce with? Well, that's, that's the big, big question. The nearer they get to 70 or above, they could conceivably form a government with other left-wing parties. Uh, you know, people for profit, uh, Sock Dems, even the Labour Party, or independence, which is their first choice because all the rhetoric is get rid of the two establishment parties. If they get in the high 50s, they have to go into government with a large party. My own view is that it's wrong to say, you know, Fine Gael plus Fianna Fáil plus the Greens are, add up to 40%. I think Fine Gael has been in power since 2011. It'll be the guts of 13 years. They're heading for opposition. I believe that Simon Harris will lead the party after the election and he led straight to opposition, and he would love to have Sinn Féin in power to create clear blue water between him and them, develop a new brand, and grow the party again. Fianna Fáil's position is fascinating. In 2016, they got more votes and seats than they did in 2020. And you'd ask, why could that be? Because you still had Fine Gael in power. Confidence and supply did not work for them. They got none of the benefits, and they were seen to be propping up the government. Therefore, I think Fianna Fáil are more suited to being in government. And I think, take Micheál Martin, who I think is headed for Oris and in 2025. I think if he moves over, Fianna Fáil will say, look, we'd rather be in government. Now, the problem is, it's not like a rotating Taoiseach. If, if, If one is twice the size of the other smaller parties in government tend to really suffer. So that's right. a difficulty for them. But I think uh, Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil is the most likely outcome after a lot of hopping and trotting. We have to wrap it up in a few moments' time. Uh, uh, Ivan, fascinating to talk to you. The podcast, along with um, your colleague, uh, Matt Cooper, is available, as you say, uh, and is free to, to, to access. But um, looking at Wexford, looking at it from a council perspective, bearing in mind that Sinn Féin are putting forward, are rumoured to be putting forward 15 candidates. Verona Murphy, apparently, is putting forward a number of people as well. What do you think the, li- the likely makeup of the council in the next, uh, after the local elections will be? Well, in Wexford. The, the, 
Yeah, well, well, I, I have told you there's this wild card of, of migration and who will get that zeitgeist. I think, I think in the next general election, Rona Murphy will top the poll. I think that uh, she, everything I'm hearing and seeing tells me that. I think that James Brown uh, has a safe seat, uh, uh, although he wouldn't thank me for saying that. I think Fine Gael, uh, you know, with John Hegarty, will be under pressure, or Paul Kyo. Um, and Paul, you know, could go north or south, uh, or he could leave politics. He's, he's done, I think he's at the maximum point of the pension entitlement. Uh, he went in when I went out in 2002. So I would say it, it's very volatile, but I would say that you're going to get, you know, uh, something a, a, in or under a fifth of the seats for Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. I think I, I, a name to watch as far as the, the, would be Tom Ford, uh, the, the Sinn Féin. I think if he stands, he wins uh, in the, the South. Uh, and, and I wouldn't rule out the prospect of two Sinn Féin TDs. Interesting days ahead. There is one other aspect, and there are the views of Ivan Yates, and we'd like to hear the views of our Morning Mix listeners as well. Do you worry about the rise in fake news and false narrative at the moment? Uh, and I have to wrap it up after this, because I've got, as you yeah. well know, I'm, I'm guided by timelines and I have to head to the news. So just on that issue... The, the truth is, traditional media is dead. No newspapers will be sold after 2030. People are now getting their news on uh, social media, and that is a permanent change that's going to change democracy. Hmm. You never hold back from your views and things, uh, Ivan. Thank you for sharing them with us this morning. Uh, throwing out there to our Morning Mix listeners to let them give their views on what you've just said. But all in all, you still love the cut and thrust of all of this, I take it. Yeah, I'm still, I still inhale politics. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not involved directly. But I think this is a special year, and you could ignore politics, but I think in 2024... Given radical changes in taxation and housing policy, it's time to pay attention. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Southeast.